Greetings, everyone. This is Isandra, your host and creator. Welcome to another beautiful day. How is everybody doing? I have been on a super cleanse, physically, spiritually, and mentally. I have been deep cleaning and organizing everything in my sight. I like to explain that our bodies are temples and our home are like our house of worship. If the energy and space around you isn't balanced, then you can also find yourself out of balance. So let's clean it out room by room, little space by little space. This week's episode is episode number four, and it's called Spiritual Currency, The Karmic Exchange, and I am so thrilled to share it with you. So let's start out. What price do we pay when we ask for a prayer or a blessing? What happens when we pray for ourselves or for somebody else? What happens when we alter or change destiny? This topic is a lot different than your average internet prayer. The collective reasonings behind something comes from a place and time long before we were even born. Think about the ripple effect that happens when we change something. Right now, I'm sitting in the airport with a delayed flight, realizing how perfect this topic is while I write the episode. Where did the original ripple begin? What was the cause? Where did the problem or change happen for you to seek and pray, for you to seek and ask for something? I believe that it begins long before it arrives. I also believe that we create both our successes and our failures long before we actually experience them. But I'll save that for another topic. In our traditions in Santeria, we we do change people's destinies. Whatever you want to call the blessings that come to you, you do pay a price for it. It's both a physical thing and a spiritual thing. And this is what I call spiritual currency. This is the most mostly going to come from a perspective from a person that does the actual exchange, not necessarily your perspective. The person that you call when shit is wrong and when you need things fixed. A spiritual kind, the fixers, the healers, the benders, the movers of the, the spiritual realm. Those people, us, we also pay that price. Now, we do give the necessary entities of the world to help the transition to happen properly, but there's still always a price. I was initiated when I was a little girl. I was about four years old. And from there, I have helped and been a part of the initiations of thousands of people, if not more. I have no idea how many people that could actually be. I know it's a lot we become almost like machines. We know languages and prayers in different languages that you don't even hear on a normal day. 
secrets and ceremonies that I barely learn and understand as I get older. I don't feel like I'm good at many things, but this happens to be something that I'm good at. This, I have the tools, it comes easy, and with that comes the difficulty. People used to call me weird, friends ran away, boyfriends were scared I was going to take their hair and make a voodoo doll. <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> We've been judged and long ago punished for such gifts. <clears throat> I used to not understand why everyone judged me and my family. But we were always who they came to when they needed help, when their traditional methods of praying and faith weren't up to their instant gratifications. Always, every single time, every single person. There they were, so open and willing to help because we believe in something greater, in our deities, in the earth, in everything. I mean, how beautiful is it to worship God? Deities, the earth, the sun, the moon, the ocean, rocks, earth, animals, everything in existence. To us, we walk as kings and queens, and we believe that. So, of course, we help. Not realizing that those, not realizing that those same people came begging, would come in and get what they want. They'll eat your food, use your home, abuse things, leave talk shit about you, and go on as if they never begged for your help. We charge the bare minimum to help them, and when it's all said and done, we wouldn't even have money to pay our bills. It was a fucked up exchange. Those people who come to us and we allow them to use ourselves, a lot of us are considered walking orisha, walking deities. They make promises. They have things that they need to give in exchange to remedy their issue or whatever their problem is. We now become the middle person between them and the deity, the deity that, that they're asking for something. We follow through because we know the wrath of the gods and we don't want that falling on us. That can put us in a hard place. This happens over and over and over and over and over and it can be very, very exhausting. So when we participate in these, sometimes we lose. I can't explain why things are ripped from me so fast, just gone. Not even enough time to understand what happened or an explanation to it. We give a day of our lives to these other people by doing these grand exchanges. We pay these prices. Nothing is free in the spiritual realm, and it doesn't work like that. You can argue until the end of time, but those who do do these exchanges with their okokan, which is their heart, their love, their respect, their everything to appease these energies, we know. We feel it and it happens. It's an exchange that's not spoken enough about and it actually hurts. I also believe that the more you become immersed into this, the more of this spiritual debt we tend to take on, we receive elements, oddities of the health, odd things that we can't explain, but make us vulnerable over time. As I got older, I realized that majority of the people that we have done work for, these spiritual exchanges, for the most part, none of them deserve shit from us. And, you know, I think about my father, and my father is a pioneer in these traditions. And I've watched all of my life him do this from his heart. 
and he got treated like shit. And I hated that. I didn't understand how we could be servants to our deities and be treated like shit. To have things taken, it it almost feels unfair. But as we get older, we realize you see this pattern and it's like a toll for the exchange. Once we see that, then we learn to break that shit and to cut it off before it even begins. You sit back and you allow the course to happen as it's meant to be and you only interfere when necessary. Here's an example. When I taught estheticians, when we touch people, this is also a form of exchange, but this becomes a physical energy exchange. I remember teaching longer massages and how I would feel completely drained from touching someone. I would be so exhausted. I used to think that I could heal people on my own. And I can't, but in different ways. I learned that when I was channeling my energy to these treatments, I would tell the universe or whoever was around to use this person's own energy instead of my own. Instead of saying, I can heal this person, I would say, I need to use the energy of so-and-so so that they can heal themselves. And once I realized that, I felt like I unlocked Pandora's box. I would go forward to teach this to my student and use this mannerism and everything that they approach and everything that I approach going forward. This is the same concept when it comes to working in the spiritual realm. Let me tell you something. When I first started doing card readings for fun, they told me to never do anything for free. Never. Even if I was practicing, even if I didn't really mean it, it was up, it wasn't just me playing around. It was somebody's fate. So it made sure that it, even if it was a dollar or a quarter, that I was being paid for this. Because that exchange would cost something. <clears throat> something small. Sometimes it doesn't work like that. Sometimes you get a message and you need to tell a person and the spirit guide bothers you and pesters at you. And they make you get your ass up and help someone for the spiritual investigation, as I like to call it. A spiritual investigation is where a spiritualist, we try to kind of hear what's being said, what's being shown to us. And we start this investigation process to kind of help and deliver information so that the person sitting in front of us can have some sort of advice, some sort of clarity, some sort of help to help them in this world. Hmm. Do you know how long it takes for a person to actively and effectively learn how to communicate with their spiritual guides to help others? For some people, it can be a literal lifetime to learn these gifts. Some people are so fucked up in their mental state in the conscious that they literally go crazy because they think they're hearing voices in their head, but it's literally their spiritual guides. We'll talk more about that at another time. My father always told me to be careful with what I spoke, both out loud and what I spoke in my mind. He told me that something was always listening. And I totally understand that now. Everything makes sense. Let me tell you, it always does in some weird way. It always makes sense. The, the pieces always align and the dots always line up and everything just clicks. Because something is always listening. So for example, 
If you go to the ocean and you sit down and you feel drawn to cry or speak out loud for the things like you're looking for, you're searching for. And let me tell you, everybody does this. It's a magnificent sight. Who wouldn't want to confess or ask for something, especially at the ocean? The goddess of the ocean is always there listening. I should say goddesses because there's more than one that lives there. This is why we always leave an offering when we go there to make sure that if we did ask for something, we gave something in exchange. Have you ever gone to church to light a candle and there's a donation box there for you to leave money? And they put like a recommended amount there. But it's a house of worship. So they leave their trust in you. But look at it from our perspective. The world is our church. Our homes are our church. Our physical bodies are our church. It's so much deeper. You must believe that there is something greater in this world. We are literally sitting on a rock with molten center floating in outer space. Duh. <laughs> Be careful of asking or giving when it comes to praying and asking the universe for such things. Affirmations are another thing I want to touch on. These are not promises to the universe. These are conversations with your subconscious. The connection from the living 3D world to the spiritual 5D world. When you realize that you are the universe, what happens? When you're doing affirmations, when you're praying, when you're asking things of otherworldly, you have to realize you are interconnected to all of these things. You are interconnected. So what is the price that we pay? I mean, I could answer this in many different ways. Sometimes I feel like for me to have really great relationships with my family or close ones or to really put something into them, I have to give up some personal relationship. Every time I have a personal relationship and I need to mend a different relationship in my life, I lose that personal relationship. And it's happened time and time and time again. It's almost like I have to give one up for the other. I mean, ultimately, I realized later on that I didn't just give up things that there was reasons and there was things that I could not foresee. There was things always happening behind the doors that I didn't have keys to. I noticed that a lot of people can have health problems, headaches, a lot of autoimmune problems, skin irritations. Um, you know, either they're too skinny or they're too heavy set. I, I think a lot of these things happen over time when we give, 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 give to these people who want our help. You know, I'm not talking about the ones that stick around and the ones that love you every day and the ones that pray for you back. Those are not the ones I'm talking about. I'm talking about all of the ones that come and get what they need and they leave. And you get, le you get left with that spiritual debt and it racks up. My advice for this topic would always be to pay your debt. 
If somebody does a ceremony for you, if somebody says a prayer for you, if somebody is willing to think about you and help you when nobody else will, cherish that shit. There's a lot of selfish people out there. And spiritual people are very vulnerable. They need to be appreciated. They need to be loved for the time and for the energy that they spend praying for you, speaking love into you. You know, I do my best readings and I do my best when I personally feel like shit. My whole world could be coming down on me and I'll put it aside for however long it's meant to be so that I could help somebody else, so that I can help heal somebody, so that I can lift somebody out of the darkness. That's what healers do. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I hope that you grabbed something special from it. Thank you for listening tonight. Um, Don't forget to subscribe to my channel on Spotify. If you're not already following me on Instagram, you can find me at the golden hour 88. Follow me on there to see upcoming episode and readings. I will be launching my Patreon soon. Look out for that. Find out how you can become a supporter of golden hour, which would mean the world to me. I hope you enjoy the music. It was made especially for you by my daddy. You can find him on Instagram at Onare Productions. This song is called Agronito. I hope you enjoy it and we'll talk soon. Agromito na wato Oh Saratiti na mo Oh Saratiti na mo Agromito na wato Saratitinamo, Saratitinamo, Agronito Nawadon.